0: CHAPTER FOUR OF THE LIFE AND WORKS OF JOSEPH WRIGHT BY WILLIAM BEMROSE THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. CHAPTER FOUR WRIGHT MARRIES AND VISITS ITALY LETTERS EXTRACTS FROM DIARY BIRTH OF HIS DAUGHTER ANNA ROMANA IN ROME INFLUENCE OF THE OLD MASTERS IN JULY 1773 WRIGHT MARRIES MISS ANNE SWIFT and in November set sail in the Jupiter for Italy, with his wife and Mr. Halston. Footnote. The Mr. Halston who went with Mr. Wright of Derby to Italy in 1773 was my great-uncle. He was a very promising young artist, but immediately after his return to this country was killed by lightning while riding across Salisbury Plain in a storm. His name occurs in the early catalogues of the Royal Academy." Unquote. Extract from a letter from F. Y. Halston President of the Incorporated Society of British Artists, August 1850. and a footnote. Before leaving England, he wrote the following letter to his brother, Richard Wright. 1773. Dear Brother, By the wagon yesterday I sent you in a box four-pillar candlesticks called Tooth and Egg, to be cleaned as silver. They are what they seem to be, which, if I mistake not your temper, will be more pleasing to you than a refined outside, with a base inside. They are such at least as best suit my taste and pocket, and I sincerely hope you'll receive them as a pledge for the love I bear you. I shall be glad to hear you have got them safe. Thursday last I got on board the Jupiter, all our baggage and a case with the two pictures of the alchemist and captive king, for so my friends advised me. The ship is sailed for Exeter. When she will arrive is as uncertain as the winds that blow her. However, I hope the captain will soon send us a summons to embark. The winter approaches fast, and will, I fear, blast those joys I promised myself at a more agreeable time of the year however i flatter myself matrimony has improved my constitution and i am better able to bear the rude winds than heretofore last week my sister nancy and this family went on board the jupiter afterwards we were conducted by the captain to his house where we dined with the rest of the passengers a good thought this of the captain that we might not when we met on board wear the awkward faces of strangers i shall be very happy to hear again from you ere we leave english ground and if you write on saturday night it will i think get here in time tell mr greenwood the drawings will be ready whenever he sends for them i received the raffle safe make my affectionate compliments to mrs fox and mrs shelton i dreamt she was got so well as to visit her friends would she was really so I am, with love to my sister, and affectionate compliments were due, your loving brother. Joseph Wright. P.S. I hope Dick's heart held him not at his departure. Footnote. This has reference to the first voyage of his nephew, Richard Wright, in the service of the East India Company. Two other members of the family were previously in that service. End of footnote. Mr. Halston's compliments to you and sister. Tuesday night. London. He evidently proved a bad sailor, for in his first letter home, written from Nice, he says, The continual agitation of the ship soon rendered us very sick, and we not only lost sight of land, but of everything save our cabin, and the vessel into which we discharged the contents of our sickly stomachs. He spent many months in Rome, studying especially the works of Michelangelo. In the Capella Sistina of the Vatican. He here made faithful drawings upon a larger scale than had generally been attempted, as he considered those subjects but ill adapted for pocket book sketches. These treasures of art, footnote, now in the possession of the writer, with many other sketches, and a footnote, these treasures of art have hitherto remained in a great degree lost to the world having scarcely been seen except by mr wright's particular friends to whom he showed them when his imagination was warmed with a description of the divine originals End quote. footnote simpson's history of derby and in hayley's life of romney we read quote, in seventeen seventy three romney went to italy where he acquainted himself with all the artists of his country for i recollect his having repeatedly lamented that our amiable friend wright the painter of derby had laid the foundation of those cruel nervous sufferings which afflicted his later years by excess of application during his residence in rome his letters from italy are very interesting especially for his opinions on various celebrated works of art a few extracts must suffice and on sunday fifth december 1773, came into port at Nice amidst thousands of spectators of all ranks, who were placed in steps, their heads rising one above another, had a very pleasing effect, like the crowded galleries of a theatre. It was on the Jupiter's account this large assembly were gathered together, she being the largest vessel that has sailed into this port, and I fancy, I may add, the best.' she weathered without any material injury many storms rome february the fourth seventeen seventy four as i know my dear brother and sister will be better pleased to have a speedy account of her safe arrival here from an hasty and irregular letter than from a more accurate one with delay i embrace the first minute to tell you we got here last night in tolerable spirits considering the tedious journey we had from Leghorn, which is not two hundred miles. We were advised as the best mode of travelling for those who speak not the language of the country to engage with a man to take us to Rome for so much money and to accommodate us with every necessary on the road. The carriages have only two wheels, like our one-horse chairs, drawn by the same pair of horses all the way, which travel about as fast as our stage wagons we were obliged to rise by three in the morning to go betwixt twenty and thirty miles a day to arrive at night at a poor house with large cold rooms and bad accommodation very unpleasing to the english traveller by the advice of mr caesar mr Heathcote's friend at pisa i provided myself with a large cloak such as the italians use which kept me tolerably comfortable by day and night in which i lay for i durst not undress the beds being seldom lain in captain difting's delay three us into the winter which has been attended with much cost and many inconveniences rome february the twelfth seventeen seventy four my dear brother i fully intended sending this letter according to the first date but was prevented by the visits of the english and many more occurrences has since happened to prolong my silence beyond my wish "'as I know you will be anxious to have a second letter, "'though I wrote to Mr. Coltman from Genoa, "'who would, I hope, inform you I was well. "'I am, entre nous, surprised he should think "'of quitting the clothes till he has it brought into "'as good condition as he found it. "'If he leaves it, so, he must have gained much by it. "'If Mr. Brentknoll has it, who, according to your account, "'I have no objection to,' "'care should be taken that he does nothing to the disadvantage of my clothes "'to benefit his own. "'I am sorry poor Dick has been so unfortunate at his first setting out. "'It was enough to give him an insurmountable prejudice, "'for the sea is terrible in stormy weather. "'I am sorry he is still likely to be expensive to us, "'only because I can't now so well afford it as formerly. "'This tour has and will cost me much more than I expected.' my wife has been but indifferent the storms by sea and the violent shaking by land for some parts of the road is very stony have been too much for her i called in a doctor who said it was necessary she should lose blood accordingly the next morning was appointed for the operation the doctor and his surgeon came never did i see such parade they talked of galen and hippocrates and abundance of stuff to conceal, I fear, their ignorance. However, Mrs. Wright is better. They are against purging, and have ordered her to drink a small liquor, which they call sherbet, to thin her blood. I have not wrote to Mr. Shackleford, I did not think it necessary, and his behaviour to me required it not, I am sure, for whatever he may say of generosity and gratitude, I never saw the least shadow of it. I was very fortunate in getting both yours and Nancy's letters. My wife has not heard from her friends, nor has Halston, nor Danman, who came with us, received any letters. Footnote. There is little doubt that this is John Danman, R.A. and of footnote. I shall be glad to hear from you as soon as your business will permit. The air here is not so cold as in England, but it is very thin and searching. Nancy tells me she has heard the Empress of Russia has taken ye picture of the Iron Forge, but does not like the Hermit. Footnote. It is recorded that the Catherine, Empress of Russia, purchased pictures by the most eminent masters in every capital of Europe, and when she died in 1796, she left at the Hermitage 1383 valuable paintings. Of this, only eight belonged to the English school. And a footnote i hope by this time you have heard from bardette and to some purpose make my affectionate compliments to coltman's hopes denby etc 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 i am sorry to hear you have been indisposed and that my sister is no better give my love to her make my compliments to colonel Heathcote, his lady etc tell them i have seen captain Heathcote. he is well when i write again I HOPE WE SHALL BE SETTLED WHEN YOU SHALL HEAR MORE PARTICULARLY FROM ME. IT IS NOW CARNIVAL TIME AT ROME. THE ROMANS ARE ALL MAD. MR. COKE, OUR MEMBER'S SON, HAS DONE ME THE HONOR OF A VISIT. MRS. FLINT'S DEATH ALARMED ME MUCH, THOUGH I THOUGHT BEFORE I LEFT Derby SHE DECLINED FAST. MRS. CLAYTON'S INDISPOSITION SURPRISED ME. WHAT GREAT ALTERATION DOES A LITTLE TIME MAKE IN A SMALL CIRCLE OF ACQUAINTANCE, pray how does mrs shelton our good friend mrs fox i hope for their mutual happiness they both are well pray has miss fowler received the colours she gave me a commission for my respects attend the family adieu god be with all. i am with sincerity your loving brother j wright rome thirteenth of april seventy four for Miss Nancy Wright, at Mr. Halston's in Carey Street, Lincoln's Inn Fields, London, England. What havoc, my dear Nancy, does a little time make in the small circle of one's acquaintance, and how weak and tottering is the basis on which human happiness is founded? Poor Mrs. Van, I left her a happy wife, smiling amidst a jurious family, but now, by one fatal stroke, suddenly involved in bitter calamity in deep affliction a sad disconsolate widow i hope to god mr van has left her so circumstanced that she will feel no additional sorrow on that consideration he was a good man and has no doubt done what he could for his dear family when you see them or write to them give my love to them and say i let fall many a sympathetic tear while i am in this gloomy scene let me inquire after the afflicted pray how does mrs shelton i fear from your expression she's relapsed into her old malady our good friend mrs fox amidst the calamities of this world with her usual good sense and fortitude i hope keeps up her spirits and is tolerably happy how does our friends do at chester and to go a little further how is mr and mrs clayton Is he got well of his indisposition? Remember me to all my friends in terms agreeable to the esteem you know I hold them in. In your first letter you mentioned something of my brother's indisposition, and nor is my brother more particular about it, from which I judged it was slight. But a letter from Tate and yours, which now lies before me, sadly convinced me to the contrary. My suspicions made me uneasy.' and the proof has made but little abatement in it. However, as it is now only the effect of his illness, I hope he will make daily advancements to health. I am pleased to hear Mr. Maynell has behaved so well to my brother, and that Mr. Greasley, to whom our compliments, is so ready to assist him and is kind. Tate will have a letter from Holston while in town, but as he was not so civil as to ask me if I had any commands, or give me an opportunity of writing a word or two i must desire you to tell him i shall be glad if he would look after the picture of the hermit see whether any accident has happened to it and deliver it safe to Solvey to keep till i return to england mr Halston, to whose family give our respectful compliments will inform tate concerning the picture i should write to tate but he must excuse me at present for i have so much employment for my eyes which by the by are not so good as they have been in the art i am in search of that i cannot afford to use them otherwise hence the reason i have never wrote to my good friends pether rosen captain french r tate turner etc we are now fixed in very good apartments in the most healthful part of this city the house stands upon the highest ground and we have a hundred and nine stairs to ascend to them which I fear will be very inconvenient in hot weather. Here are upwards of forty English students, and many cavaliers, which makes Rome a much dearer place than I expected. Rome answered my expectations at first, but my love and admiration of it increased daily. It is a noble place to study in, and if so many years had not passed over my head, I should be tempted to stay longer.' tell Tay to take notice whether my picture is hung advantageously in the exhibition and it may be sold in the catalogue and whether mention is made that i am at rome i have set eighty guineas upon it but i would take seventy rather than not sell it footnote number three hundred twenty one the old man and death society of artists exhibition and of footnote rome may the twenty second seventy four dear sister after waiting many a post-day with great impatience and anxiety i at last received a letter from my dear brother from my sister and Coltman's letters i had reason to have expected one much sooner which made the delay intolerable and filled me with many a doubt and many a fear lest he should have relapsed into his grievous illness i have felt much on ye occasion and the account he has given me of it Though the danger i hope to god is over is even now very alarming from the reflection of what might have happened you my dear sister being witness to the malady must have suffered much i sincerely wish him a speedy and perfect re-establishment of his health ill health is one of the greatest evils that can befall man in my opinion the truth of which both you and myself have had woeful experience and I am sorry to hear you still labour under the affliction. Mine, thank God, is much better. This climate is certainly very salutary, and would, I think, perfectly restore me was not my attention and application continually engaged with the amazing and stupendous remains of antiquity. And so numerous are they, that one may scarce move a foot, but the relics of some stupendous works present themselves.' when i consider the immense size of the whole and the beauty of the parts i cannot help reflecting how trifling and insignificant are the present operations of mankind we are no better than infants and ought to wear dating strings i have no time to enter into a particular detail of the fine things this country abounds with let it suffice to tell you at present that the artist finds here whatever may facilitate and improve his studies. The antique remains of art, as I said before, are wonderful. The natural scenes are beautiful and uncommon, with an atmosphere so pure and clear, that objects twenty miles distant seem not half the way. The women are in general handsome, they walk admirably, and have a gentility and ease about them peculiar to themselves. "'It is not in the costliness of their habits that they out to the English, but in the form and manner of wearing them. Vast quantity of fine hair, elegantly disposed of, with sometimes a very small cap, with jewels, etc., are the ornaments of their head, and when they go out instead of putting on a hat, they wear black gauze, which is gathered behind and hangs from the upper and back part of the head over the face.' of a beautiful woman or rather face one sees so much as to make one wish to see more of a plain one it partly conceals the defects they all wear long trains to their gowns however ordinary the stuff which has a grand effect the common people dress in the same manner though with worse materials and from the mutual intercourse one with another for in the summer months they sit in the streets and pursue their occupations They have an easiness of deportment that is amazing. Their dress, too, which is perfectly easy and picturesque, contributes much to it. J. Wright Rome, August 10th, 74 My dear brother, the thermometers are now at 97 degrees. My wife received the letter you mention and has answered it by post. "'Our state has left Manchester for the present, desire he will write to his brother to wait upon Bardet for the pen and ink drawing he has of mine, which Mortimer gave me, and which I would not lose on any account. I suppose I shall suffer much by him. We have had but little society here, none with the Italians, for the want of language cuts off all intercourse. Learning a new language at my time of life is a very arduous task.' and would take up more of my time than I can spare. It is astonishing how little I have got of it, and yet, when I consider my time is entirely spent amongst the antique statues and paintings, the wonder ceases, for they speak not the language. Since we came here, we have seen St. Peter's and the Villa de Medicis, of which I can say nothing. They beggar all description. They abound with objects for the artist's contemplation. It is now carnival time. The Romans seemed to me all going mad. The gentlemen and ladies parade in their carriages up and down a long street, whimsically dressed in masks, the most beautiful of which was young Mr. Coke, our member's son. You know he is very handsome, and his dress, which was chiefly white, made him appear charming indeed. The lower class walk up and down the streets practicing their wit one upon another, consistently with the character they put on. J. Wright rome august the eleventh to miss n wright a post or two ago i wrote to my brother by which letter you will learn my dear nancy was safely delivered of a fine little wench who is now seven weeks old hearty and bony i watch with infinite pleasure its infant state and slow advances to sensibility i pray god it may prosper it will make me happy Our mode of dressing it is so different to the Italian, it raises their admiration, for instead of the loose, light and easy dress we have, they swaddle their children from head to foot like so many Egyptian mummies, and have neither use of their hands nor feet. In hot weather it is filthy and intolerable, and I observe when the little creatures are let out of prison at night, they discover a pleasure which condemns the practice. J. Wright rome august the fourteenth seventy four to miss n wright i am heartily sorry my dear nancy so many uncouth circumstances have happened to embitter your life and ruffle that bosom which i know is so well formed for peace and sweet repose the world you know is made up of good and ill and would exist not but for contrarieties every individual that helps to compose the whole has his portion and happy it is for him whose scale of good fortune makes light the adverse one minds there are my nancy so fraught with fortitude patience and philosophy as blunt the edge of ills and bear sharp fortune with a degree of composure as is astonishing but this my love is a power a faculty of mind few can boast of yet i flatter not when i say you possess these virtues in a desirable degree and now sorry i am for the occasion call them forth and soothe as much as may be your troubled breast well i know how grievous the indisposition of your lover must be to you yet consider a little time may make a great change in him he is young and has naturally a good constitution which doubtless will soon overcome the present malady may i prove a good prognosticator and may you both be happy my pictures are in great estimation here i am shortly to be introduced to the pope it is thought he will honor me with his medal j wright rome eleventh of november seventy four to richard wright my dear brother I am just returned from an excursion to Naples, which I made partly to satisfy my curiosity for seeing one of the most wonderful parts of the world, and partly to improve my health impaired by the intense heats and too close application to study. There has not been known at Rome so hot a summer as the last these many years past. In the month of August the thermometer in the sun was 120 degrees, in year shade 96. At Florence the heat was so great as to affect many with a kind of delirium, and others it proved fatal to. I never before experienced such intolerable heat, so great was the perspiration occasioned by it, notwithstanding we have one of the most airy situations here, as made it necessary to sit still and constantly wipe off the sweat as it distilled. This relaxed the mind and body so much as to render them unfit for study and application. I am surprised Sir William Meredith is not punctual in his payment. If he has not paid when you write to me again, tell me so, and I will write to him about it. I am glad my tenants like their clothes. I hope their pains and expenses will be rewarded. Give my compliments to them. The 19th of November, the day you intend to celebrate your nuptial, now draws very nigh. May health, long life, and every joyous circumstance of the marriage state attend you and yours as your sincere wish of yours, etc. Mrs. Wright begs to be remembered to you and your intended lady with every good wish for your felicity. She is, thank God, well, and the little Roman is very bony and the admiration of all that see her. A day or two before the time appointed for my introduction to the Pope, He was taken with an indisposition, which in a short time robbed him of his life and me of my honours. Remember me with respect to all my friends. When you see Whitehurst, tell him I wished for his company when on Mount Vesuvius. His thoughts would have centred in the bowels of the mountain, mine skimmed over the surface only. Footnote J. Whitehurst, a celebrated machinist and author of The Theory of the Earth End of footnote. There was a very considerable eruption at the time, of which I am going to make a picture. Tis the most wonderful sight in nature. Adieu, God be with you and my friends, to whom remember me with most cordial love. I am, your affectionate brother, Joseph Wright. Rome, May the 4th, 75. For Miss Wright, at Mr. Wright's, Surgeon, Derby. Dear sister, I thought I should have dated this letter from Florence, but I am, like all other artists that come here, who much outstay their intended time, and at last leave the noble and renowned city, Rome, with reluctance. Notwithstanding, I have been very industrious, more so perhaps than has been consistent with my health, yet shall I leave undone many things that I covet much to have. I have stayed a month longer than I intended, to have an answer from Mr. Baxter, the Russian consul, concerning the picture I have painted of Mount Vesuvius in a greater option, tis the grandest effect I ever painted. If the Empress is to have it, it must be shipped from Leghorn to St. Petersburg, and I must wait here to see it off.' I wish she may take it. A hundred guineas will not be unacceptable, for it is not so cheap living abroad as generally represented. We pay for a floor consisting of six rooms, at the rate of forty pounds a year. The tour of Italy is now become so fashionable, and the English cavaliers so profuse with their money, that the artists suffer for their prodigality. I should have finished this letter according to the date, but have again had inflamed eyes, and have been much indisposed with sore throats and colds. The weather this spring has been very awkward, always varying from hot to cold, sometimes harsh dry winds, at other times violent rains. In short, the air of Rome is by no means good, and when I consider my health only, and the many indispositions I have had here, I am not sorry we are to leave on Sunday, 10th of June. We go from hence to Florence, where I suppose we shall stay a month or six weeks, and then to Parma, where the most famous picture of Correggio is. If the picture answers to its character, I shall make a copy of it. It will improve me, and if I choose to sell it, it will be advantageous. When I have finished at Parma, we shall go to Venice to study Titian's colouring these engagements will detain me in italy the hot weather and to return to england in the cold will not be advisable for me if i can get over the alps before the snow falls and pass the winter advantageously at bordeaux in the south of france it will i believe be the best scheme for my health it has been said if i chose to paint portraits at bordeaux i might be employed all the winter give my compliments to my good friend coltman to whom I wrote some seven or eight weeks ago, and tell him of my intention, but I should not choose to go there on an uncertainty, as it is not a place of art. Perhaps he will write to some of his friends there, to know what encouragement I might meet with there for a couple of months. Make compliments to Mrs. Fowler, and to her most ingenious and agreeable daughter, in a word, to all friends whom I have in my heart but cannot particularize. Dear little Nancy is a fine little wench. An Italian gentleman who saw her in the street some time ago said, What a fine girl she was, but was absurd enough to say, at the same time, It was a pity the English should have fine children, they use them so cruelly. Mine goes almost naked. The Italians load theirs with dress. Your affectionate brother, J. Wright. Parma, July twenty-fourth, 1775 Dear Sir, In conformity to your request, I am sat down to give you my opinion of the famous picture of Correggio, of which, how shall I dare speak, but in the current terms of exalted praise. You know the world's opinion of it, and, if mine does not exactly coincide with it, it is not from any affectation of being singular in my opinion, but the result of such judgment as I have, divested of every thing that has been said, for or against it as to the composition and light and shadow you are as well acquainted as myself from your copies you have seen the picture is beautifully coloured has surprising brilliancy without whiteness and is very harmonious the parts are very round and forcibly painted but is laboured as to beget tameness i had almost said woodiness in many parts the faces are wonderfully soft BUT THEY WANT THOSE BEAUTIFUL TURNS AND SPIRITED TOUCHES WE SEE IN NATURE, AND WHICH KEEPS HIGH-FINISHED PICTURES FROM LOOKING HEAVY. THE FLESH IS FINELY COLORED, IS VERY CLEAR, AND HAS A SANGUINE APPEARANCE THAT IS VERY PLEASING, BUT WITHAL NOT SO TRUE AS Titian's VENUS. THE DRAPERIES ARE NEITHER VERY FINELY SET NOR PAINTED, NOR HAD Correggio THE FINEST EYE FOR SHAPES, yet after all the whole together is wonderfully sweet and one cannot help being charmed with the effect romney only painted the magdalene's head the picture answered not his expectation and mr parry left his quite unfinished as the picture did not appear so fine to him a second time as it did the first mr copley has been hard at it five weeks and says he will spend twice that time more over it but he will get it like the original it is with infinite labour he produces what he does and that is entre nous i have left my outline with two english three-quarter cloths which you seem to admire with a custodio of the academy directed for you i am quite tired of seeing pictures the general run of them are so indifferent even venice answered not my expectation titian's works are so changed and damaged and when mr romney said he was not to be seen out of venice he meant in grand composition and expression in the sacristy of the salute are three ceilings the one of david and goliath abraham offering his son and the third i don't know your subject these are finely painted and designed in a michelangelo like style Romney did not copy the St. John. A disaster happened which you will hear of at Venice, and which I have not now time to relate. He painted a half-length of Montague, and two or three heads, which he will finish in England. Mr. Jenkins was so obliging to ship my cases for me. I had desired poor Mr. Stevens to pay Mr. Jenkins any charge there might be upon them, I wish you would be kind enough to settle it for me. I will repay you when I have the pleasure to see you in England. If you will indulge me with a line directed to me at Germany, Girado and Company, bankers in Parma, I shall be very happy to hear from you. Mrs. Dunman and Mrs. Wright send their best compliments to you, as does little Pop Hertha. I am, dear sir, your friend. Joseph Wright a Monsieur Humphrey, Pittore Anglois, A Monsieur Varini, Firenze. N. Footnote: Osias Humphrey, miniature painter and R. A., was in Italy about this time with Romney. and a footnote. Extracts from Wright's Journal during his travels in Italy in seventeen seventy four to five, Naples, San Martino del Monte. In a chapel belonging to the castle of st elmo is the famous picture of spagnoletto of a dead christ this picture is esteemed his best mr forester bought one of the same in rome which is now in the possession of blank and thought equally good tis well painted and coloured has great expression and force in the church in compartments over the arches or single figures painted also by spagnoletto some of them very fine indeed i admire his manner tis forcible and natural this church of st martino del monte belongs to the order of carthusians which is the richest of all orders indeed the riches of this church prove it such elegant things of gold and silver set with all kinds of precious stones i never before beheld in the king's palace on capo del monte is a very large collection of pictures medals cameos and intaglios the famous picture of Titian of denai in the shower of gold is wonderfully painted but time and varnishes have robbed it of its beautiful colouring it is now too yellow and spotty the action is fine and well adapted to the subject it is better drawn than any i have seen of him in the palace and capo del monte is perhaps the largest piece of rock crystal in the world it is of an irregular shape one way it is upwards of a yard in diameter the other about a yard tis very transparent here are a great number of cameos both single heads and compositions wonderfully fine here also is the finest and largest cameo i ever saw it is an oval figure and upwards of six inches the longest way an holy family by raphael small figures very highly finished the picture very capital lord scarsdale has a copy of it that sweet little magdalen lying along on the ground by correggio is here also as are many others by the same master in the king of naples palace is a very capital picture of a holy family by raphael it is finely composed the virgin is lovely and the expression of jesus and saint john wonderful it is in his best manner and in good preservation the cartoon of it is at the king's palace on capo monte the size of the picture at the same place is a very fine portrait of a pope by titian he is sitting in a chair it is charmingly painted with a full pencil and as far as i can judge the effect is produced without glazing at the palace are two fine oval pictures of sal rosa the subjects banditi, very highly finished and painted with great force and spirit a picture of boys very good by poussin The city of Pompeo, fifteen miles from Naples, which was overwhelmed by the eruption of Vesuvius about fifteen hundred years ago, at which Pliny the Elder lost his life, and which was discovered fifteen years ago, seems to me to have been small, at least the houses, rooms, and the street which remain indicate. They have, by the king's order, dug a good deal of the city, but much remains enveloped in a loose kind of lava parts of buildings entire with the ornamental paintings on the walls perfect in style not much unlike some chinese painting i have seen together with the skulls and bones of those that perished there make a very interesting scene there is to be seen in one of the rooms in which is fixed a stone vessel for washing in an entire skeleton of a woman who perished at her work whatever is found here curious or valuable is deposited in the king's museum herculaneum is at the foot of vesuvius on which portici now stands is six miles from naples was destroyed probably by the same eruption as Pompeo. the lava which overwhelmed it is much more hard and compact than that at Pompeo, owing perhaps to its vicinity to the mountain the theatre is the only part which remains open and that is partially so that one has but little idea of the construction of the whole they have dug much at herculanum and found many paintings and other antiquities which are at the museum as portici stands upon Herculaneum, they dug but little at a time and when they got out the valuables, filled up the parts again that the city of portici might not be endangered the museum is the most interesting place i have seen as it is filled with the ornamental and useful utensils of herculaneum and Pompeii, glad i am to find from the observations i have made in these places that the present age is not so degenerated either in size or morals as some imagine the skulls of the old romans were the size of the present and from the chirurgical instruments which are in the museum they were liable to the same disorders indeed there is no doubt but nature was always the same and will be so ad infinitum but to return to the contents of the museum there are many bronze heads one of seneca very capital the rest much inferior the figures not of the first class there is a satyr lying on a skin of wine snapping his thumb and finger the expression very good also too restless in very fine action a sitting figure of a mercury sweet attitude sculpture good left rome the tenth of june seventeen seventy five came to florence on the nineteenth by the way of narni terni perugio etc a hundred and eighty miles part of it a most delightful and picturesque country of which claudio has availed himself much florence is a pleasant city the Arno, with its bridges, add greatly to its beauty. The one consisting of three arches only is very beautiful. There are a few fine things in art. The Venus, the Boxers, the Little Apollo, the Dancing Faun and the Grinder. Titian's Venus, Florence, did not answer my expectation. When one has seen Rome, other places suffer by the comparison. Left Florence, Fourth of July. Passed over the Apennines, a very wild country, the surface of which is the most broken and irregular I ever saw. Came to Bologna, which is 66 miles, on the 6th. Bologna is a large and well-built city. Its piazzas are very spacious and beautiful, and not less convenient at all times of the year. In the winter it defends you from wet, in summer from heat, which is very great here. At St. Ignatius is a picture by Domenicino of the murder of that saint, not good, the expression weak, the lights of bad shades, and not well combined. At the St. Pierre Palace is a picture of Guido of St. Peter and St. Paul, in his first manner, very forcibly painted. St. Cecilia by Raphael in St. Giovanni in Monte is much damaged and not so fine as i expected to have found it the picture of st paul very fine a large picture of ludovico caracci and one of the woman taken in adultery some parts of it very good the birth of st john by dito very indifferent at the carthusian convent which is a very elegant one is the famous picture of ludovico caracci of st john the baptist the character and expression of st john's head seems to have been very fine the other parts of the picture not very good the whole is much damaged at the same convent is a good picture of left bologna on the ninth and embarked for venice had a very fatiguing passage through the canals arrived at venice the twelfth was highly entertained with its first appearance a city standing in the sea the chief works in painting are by titian paul veronese and tintoret the large picture by paul veronese of the marriage in canaan has an ill effect altogether it is a confused multitude the personages are chiefly portraits and he has introduced titian and other artists his friends as musicians in the centre of the picture there are in it some heads well painted in Santa Maria Maggiore is the famous picture of Saint John in the Wilderness by Titian. This picture, like most of Titian's, is grown very brown and dark. It seems to have been finely painted in a broad manner. The drawing is good, as is the action, and the head has a good character. The picture by Domenichino of the Martyrdom of Saint Peter in San Giovanni e Paolo is much damaged. Has been a very fine picture the actions and expressions very natural and spirited. Salute, three compartments in the ceiling, by Titian, of David and Goliath, Abraham offering his son Isaac, and another which I don't know the subject. All these are finely painted and designed in a Michelangelo-like style, Church of the Ferrari, two altar pieces by Titian, the one on wood, of the Assumption of the Virgin, finely painted, but the colouring is become quite brown, discomposed in a sublime manner st martigliano in the Tobia and the angel by titian has been a fine picture but is much damaged the angel fine character school of st Roch, on the stairs is a picture of the annunciation by titian sweet idea of the virgin jesuits church st lawrence's martyrdom by titian the figure of the saint is very grand the picture is become very dark and i believe never had the effect of fire saw in venice many pictures of paul veronese and tintoret left venice the nineteenth embarked for padua had a very agreeable passage by water the country is well cultivated and populous along the sides of the canals and river are a great number of handsome houses which for miles have the effect of one town we arrived at padua which is twenty seven miles from venice about seven o'clock the same evening in the sacristy of the duomo at padua is a very fine madonna and child by titian sweetly painted and in good preservation the head of the virgin is lovely and the child is beautifully coloured and painted with more than usual care saw several buildings by palladio in very good taste in the antique gothic church anciently called maria maggiore now saint antonio here lies the body of the great saint in a very fine altar it is a fine church with three or four domes the great saloon is a hundred and ten paces long and eighty wide the roof is of wood of an elliptical form there are great numbers of Giotto's pictures here. The room has a noble effect. Left Padua the twentieth at Mediojoma, set off for Vicenza, arrived there at night, which is eighteen miles. The next morning, set off for Verona, which is thirty miles, where we arrived at night. At Verona is an amphitheatre not comparable to that of Rome but more perfect having the seats of such part of the building as remains entire in the centre of it is erected a wooden theatre where they act by daylight in the church of saint george is a picture of the martyrdom of that saint by Paolo veronese tis in good condition but slightly painted and in other respects nothing extraordinary the next morning left verona and arrived at mantua at night which is twenty-five miles. There's an Academy for Arts and Sciences, lately built, elegant, and upon a good plan. Left Mantua on Sunday, the 23rd, got to Parma on Monday morning. Here is the famous picture of Correggio. In St. Sepulchre is a holy family, by Correggio, but so indifferent I could scarce believe it he the figure of joseph is as poorly drawn and the drapery as ill-said as anything i ever saw in short there's nothing good in the picture nor do i like Correggio in his great works his figures are but ill-drawn the heads appear large and want character left parma on thursday morning got to piacentia last night which is thirty-six miles It was here that Hannibal, after having passed the Alps for the first time, engaged the Romans. Left Piacentia the next morning. Got that night to Avogara, which is thirty-two miles. The next, twenty-ninth of July, dined at Alessandria. On the thirtieth at noon, got to Turin. Tis curious to be crying out with heat at the foot of the Alps, whose tops are covered with snow. In the king's palace at Turino, is a very large collection of pictures, many of which are very fine. A man in armor on horseback, as large as life, by Van Dyck, very fine. The armor is of dark, rich color, full of beautiful reflections, and the lights most spiritedly touched. By Dito is a smallish picture of a Madonna and Child. The heads very sweet, but the body and legs of the child not fine. A fine head by Rembrandt. Here are a great number of Gerard Dow, very fine, among which is a composition of four or five figures of the doctor examining his patients. This picture is so wonderfully clear and brilliantly coloured, so astonishingly finished, that it seems to me to be perfection in that style of painting. Several charming pictures of David Teniers of Boers, AND ONE PIECE OF WITCHCRAFT OR INCANTATION, ALL DELIGHTFULLY PAINTED WITH SUCH SOBER CLEARNESS AND TOUCHED WITH SUCH TRUTH AND SPIRIT, THAT ONCE PLEASED AND SURPRISED. I FORGOT TO MENTION VAN DYCK'S PICTURE OF KING CHARLES' THREE CHILDREN, WHICH IS A CAPITAL ONE, THE YOUNGEST HAS GREAT RELIEF WITHOUT SHADOW, AND SUCH A SWEET CHILDISH EXPRESSION AS I NEVER BEFORE SAW. THE COMPOSITION IS SIMPLE, UNAFFECTED AND FINE so is the light and shadow but the keeping is strong the whole is very harmonious and has great effect there is a reddish-brown dog wonderfully painted positioned fine and accords charmingly with the fine red drapery of the boy by whom he stands this drapery is finely painted the light lies on the body and hips and graduates very sensibly downwards the white satin of the middle girl is much kept down the little girl is in blue satin with gauze linen several landscapes by botts and Burkham very fine a small historical picture by rembrandt an old head in it of a most divine character commandeer genevi genevos at turin has a very good collection of pictures amongst which was a very fine half-length of a saint by guido in his first manner it is well finished at the same time spiritedly painted the head has a fine character left turin which is one of the most uniform and best-built cities i have ever been in on the first of august crossed the alps in our way to lyons this country is truly sublime at the foot of mount Cenis, we left our carriages and took mules to go over the mountain mrs wright with little pop were carried in a chair by six men we were three hours and a half or four ascending the mountain about two-thirds of the way is pretty large plain on which is a lake about two miles over here the sight was tremendous the mountains still rising to an incredible height hiding their lofty heads in the clouds which the winds now and then dissipating showed partially their hoary towering craggy tops here it was very cold and so it was all through savoy this country is mountainous and some parts picturesque from thence to lyons is a flat country There is no further account of Wright's proceedings after crossing the Alps on the 1st of August, 1775. Wright, his wife and child, arrived at his brother Richard's at Derby on September 26th, 1775. The little Anna Romana was, with her cousin, who was a month old on that day, christened at St. Michael's Church, each brother being godfather to the other's child, and their two sisters being godmothers to both. Little Pop was a lively, active child and did not approve of the proceedings as she slapped the clergyman in the face. Footnotes Anna Romana Wright, daughter of Joseph and Anne Wright Hannah Wright, daughter of Richard and Sarah Wright And the footnotes My own opinion as to the effect of Wright's visits to Italy is that it increased his knowledge widened his views of art, and enlarged his style. But this is a very different one from that expressed by the author of A Century of Painters. As this book has a position of considerable authority, I think it right to state my total disagreement with what appears to me the unjust opinion contained in the following extract from Mrs. Redgrave's work. Quote, in 1773 he married and took that opportunity to visit italy where he remained two years studying it is said the works of the great masters especially those of michelangelo from which he made many copies on a large scale but however much the works in the sistine chapel may have impressed him at the time they had little influence on his subsequent practice quote. the sketches here alluded to are thirty-six in number bound in vellum with joseph wright rome seventeen seventy four written on the side by himself the book measures twenty by thirteen inches the drawings are outlined by the pen and broad washes of indian ink affect the light and shade of the drapery they are done in a bold and masterly manner and convey a very good impression of the grandeur of the originals There is a family tradition that wright injured his health by overwork when in rome and that for greater ease when working these drawings he lay upon his back on the cold floor of the sistine chapel and contracted an affection of the liver which as years went on caused him much pain and prevented him from following his profession for months at a time on comparing these sketches with various of his pictures The influence of Michelangelo upon Wright, especially in design, is evident, and in other respects, such as his choice of subjects and method of handling, his art changed very much after his return from Italy. End of chapter four.